0: morning, everybody. Welcome to this Wednesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep, Spencer Israel, here with Dennis Dick Joel out today for the Jewish holiday, but we are joined by a special guest who'll be on with us in a couple of minutes here, Steve Bigbeat Orr, uh, Benzinga uh, Vice President, news aficionado. He will be on the show with us for the day and uh, breaking down these markets with us. We are I don't know. We're not in a great mood this morning. The markets are being rather dumb, or at least I feel that we are being dumb. We have trade headlines every other day. The market is reacting to them like they've never seen one before. And we'll talk about just that volatility and uh, the back and forth action every trade headline uh means something else but really does not do they mean anything at all so that's on our minds we've got a uh, fire eye with some guidance jnj getting dinged on a uh uh a penalty here 8 billion dollars they're being told they have to pay we had levi strauss earnings after the close yesterday and our guest Kenny Polkari. he's a senior market strategist at slate stone Wealth and a CBC analyst, he will join us at 8.35. <laughs> Before I throw to Dennis, I want to remind you folks that the Webull WeTrader competition is alive and happening. It starts uh, every Monday from this past Monday through uh, the week of November 9th. Four weekly competitions, you can win $11,000 worth of Amazon gift cards, a Tesla Model 3, or $40,000 towards your student loans the best paper trader on Weeble, so download the Weeble app and join the competition there now dennis what's the word here how, how are you doing this morning
3: mm, doing well are you gonna start my video it says I'll you cannot start start,
0: I'll start your video
3: <laughs> oh there it goes okay so now you can see me and it's this random walk market do you remember the random walk theory from your behavioral finance courses The The theory that states that you cannot predict future market movements because they're completely random, that's the kind of market we have right now. This market is so random. No deal. Yes deal. No deal. Yes deal. No deal. Yes deal. No deal. Yes deal. We've been doing this for six months. For real. We've been doing this for six months. And look at what the SPY has done in the last six months. I mean, really, when you put it in perspective, we started this no deal. Yes deal. I guess we've been doing it longer than that. But really, over in April, we were 285, and then we went down to 270, and they're up 300, and then 280, 300, 280. The yo-yo market, random walk market continues. I have no idea what this market's doing day-to-day either. I would have thought maybe we get a little bit of follow-through. But now when you get a headline breaking that says, oh, yes, maybe a deal is on the table. So what is the latest headline on the potential deal, which we've
0: heard 10,000 times? The latest headline from Bloomberg is that China is still open to reaching a partial trade deal with the U.S. This week, that's according to an official with direct knowledge of the talks, as they told Bloomberg, signaling Beijing is focused on limiting the damage to the world's second largest economy. This is, of course, two days after Bloomberg reported that China was not willing to do a deal when they come to D.C. tomorrow on Friday. The whole thing is just ridiculous. I mean, I'm so
3: sick of this deal. No deal. And it moves the market 300 down points every time. So we're down 300 yesterday because, no, we're not going to get a deal. We're blacklisting companies, and it's a mess. Well, let's forget about all that and get all the losses back from yesterday because, you know what, hey, maybe we are going to get a deal you know what? It'll be a headline next week. There's going to be no deal. And then there'll be a headline. There is going to be a deal. So if you're buying the market when it's up 300 points on a potential deal, you're doing it backwards. It seems like the the, the drops are to be bought and the pops are to be faded. And that's the way I'm going to approach today as well. I'm going to take this opportunity to sell stocks, maybe some stocks I want to get out of my longer term portfolio. Maybe there's some stocks that, you know, I don't, you know, I, I want to be short. There's going to be some potential pops, and it's not you know you can't just pick a stock any stock, although maybe you can, but you know look look at and have your list ready. These are the kind of days you want to be selling into, and in the other days like yesterday are days you want to be buying into. This is the market that we are in. It is a contrarian market. It has been that way for a long time. Really, it's been that way longer than the deals. Like go back two years ago. So two years ago, uh, go back to January 2018. So not quite. We're at 286. We have gone nowhere. For about 20 months here now. Just chop, 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 chop. The chop fest continues. We've got to trade the market that's given to us. And this is the chop market.
0: And you know, I thought we were past this. It seemed like for a few months there, either there weren't as many trade headlines or the market wasn't reacting to them in in this way. I felt like we were past this sort of every headline. We are past it on Trump's Twitter account. But I guess so when it comes back. from
3: Trump's Twitter account. They were starting to the moves were being a little bit more muted. But this didn't come from Trump's Twitter account. At least I didn't see it in Trump's Twitter account. No. So um, you know this is breaking, or this is coming from. You said Bloomberg. Um, I mean, I don't know. We're going to get a deal eventually. Probably going to get a deal eventually. Do I think a deal is imminent? Hell no. I've been told this too many times. You know. What, you know, what's, what's that saying go fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me fool me 22 times definitely shame on me. So I'm not listening to any of the gibberish about a deal no deal I'm just going to trade the market that's given to me. It's the random walk market and moves are to be fated until proven innocent. So we get an actual deal maybe it's different but I don't think there is a deal imminent.
0: God, I feel like I'm stuck in a game of No Deal. It, it, out, deal out, or No out, Deal. Out, that out should out, be the name of the
3: show today. Deal or No Deal. Too late. I already made the name. <clears of> the <throat> show. Yeah. <laughs> but
0: yeah, that's what it feels like. So that was a good game show, though. I kind of like that. It definitely had its moment. So, what, what does this leave us now? I mean, we popped on this headline. Uh, it, it leaves us
3: getting all of yesterday's losses back. So I'm just going to say again, I think, you know, if you look here overall, the money has really been made fading the moves. I mean, I look at this chart from the last two months and look at how many big red candles and big green candles you have. And we're right at the same spot we were two months ago. So if you're using this opportunity to fade, the fade trade has just been working. It's been working for two years. The Momo plays have not been working, you know, jumping in and saying, oh, it's breaking out. That hasn't been working for the last year. Breakouts haven't been working. Of course, they work on a few stocks here or there. But overall, it has worked much better. You know, And obviously, as traders, I say we always live in the percentages. And it seems like the odds are that, hey, maybe today's up move is going to be followed by another move down tomorrow or maybe in the next day after that. But it seems like the market always wants to come back to where it was before. So I'm going to keep playing the fade trade because that's what's working. So fading moves.
0: All right, let's move on to some individual numbers that are not trade war related. And we'll start with Johnson & Johnson here. Uh, they are being told they have to pay $8 billion in damages to a man who was previously awarded $680,000 over his claims that have failed to warn him that uh, their antipsychotic drug, Risperdal could lead to him growing. So- okay, first question. How do they come up with an $8 billion? Dollar
3: figure. How do they get eight billion? Why not, you know, make it eighty billion? Like, why? are there these random numbers. Eight billion dollars. Well, it, 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 eight million dollars would have been a lot. Eight billion. What do you want to make him one of the richest men in the world? Yeah. C- what, is what is going on?
0: That you know what? It, it must be a cash and stock transaction because I, I don't. The, uh, what is
3: going on when you're awarding an individual? An individual is awarded eight billion dollars. Is that what you're telling me? Is an individual awarded eight billion dollars? I
0: mean, we, everyone knows he's not going to get 8 it. Eight billion.
3: That wasn't eight million. It was eight billion. With the B. That's what I said. This is, uh, this is complete utter nonsense. I cannot believe. So let's make this guy. You know, and obviously, you know, he should be awarded. So I'm sure he's went through some very difficult times. Should he become one of the richest men in the world because of it? absolutely not. well, well I mean, eight million dollars gonna make a big difference in this guy's life not eight billion
0: neither here nor there he, he won't to get that full amount but johnson johnson shares are down on this headline
3: well for, of course they are i mean and you know we've seen this before but they're gonna appeal so here's what's gonna happen they're gonna appeal and it's gonna end up being a hell of a lot less than eight billion i'll tell you that right now that's my opinion and i believe that's going to happen so i think you know the johnson johnson weakness probably to be bought technically speaking you have a lot of support down in that 126 and a half area does it get down to there i don't think so i don't think it's going to fall that far especially in this tape right now and it's a stock that it was trying to bottom so i don't know if it's going to be one of those that just continues to go down here or not but yeah, funny things happen i would say 126 and a half is nice support down there though so if it gave you a chance down there maybe it holds but I think this weakness is probably going to be bought because I think everybody is going to probably say, you know, that he, he's not getting paid $8 billion.
0: So you're fading every hemline. Good news. I pretty fading. much is
3: fading. Bad I got the fade trade bought. hat bad on. And bad. you know what? And here I am. And I should have had the fade trade hat on yesterday because I got this one wrong. I said that Domino's pizza. I'm like, I'm not buying the dip on this.
0: Oh man. And I was like, it could go down to
3: 220. And let's see what it does there. They ripped that thing. So, if you were playing the fade trade and buying the dip, you got rewarded there again. So, that serves me right for moving away from the fade trade with a call on the show, and I got that one wrong, big time wrong. I didn't trade it, but, you know, I said on the show, I thought it could go down to 220 and we see what it does there. No, it didn't even go. It ripped. I mean, that candle's ridiculous. So, yeah, they miss, miss, and then they just say, oh, we're buying it anyways, and we're going buy the hell out of it. And we're going to squeeze the hell out of anybody who shorted this on the open. And by, you know, an hour and a half after the open thing was in the green, it just kept running and running and running. That's the most ridiculous candle again. I mean, we get some ridiculous moves here right now. And I'm going to say this is just this random walk, random, even if you have like the earnings. Let's just say, hypothetically, you were an insider and you were like, oh, they're going to miss. And you short the stock, you know, on illegal information. You got you got it handed to you. I mean, here it was down, unless he covered out the open. But I mean, you know, this thing just ripped on these. So you can have inside information all you want, and they don't even know how to use it right now. Those moves are random. You see stocks beat lots of times, and they get whacked on it. And this stock misses, and they buy the hell out of it. I mean, go, how do you figure it out? It's a Tough, tough market.
0: I don't know. I don't know. And and the reason we only look at the headlines the rings headlines on this show, and not dive because we know the algo's also are not diving deep into the reports either. So it's it's whatever. It's, they it's, just get her going in one direction, right. and let's get her move
3: going. it and. Pump it and do whatever we can. I mean, I don't know how much is algo driven. I don't know how much is momentum driven. I don't know how much. There's a lot of this algo driven. I mean, 90% of your trading out there is algorithmic. And it's not all just high frequency trading. There's institutional algorithms. I mean, there's traders using algorithms. I mean, I use algorithms sometimes. I mean, a lot of it is algorithms. So, you know, figuring out what the algos are doing or if they start getting or going in one direction, it can go. And I mean, was that all algorithmic driven? I don't know. But I can tell you. They squeezed the hell out of whoever was fading that headline, and I thought I thought it could go down to 220. I thought, well, oh, it's come this far. Why not go to 220? Ah, 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 ah. No, we're going to rip this thing 30 points.
0: Crazy moves, man. Crazy. I, I, I didn't see uh, any catalyst. It, it, the move happened, the, the real whoosh upward happened at like 10 o'clock, 10, 15 And it went straight up there, but I don't. There's no fundamental reason for that. So, based on there's no fundamental reason for any of this. Is there a
3: fundamental reason for us to be up 300 points today when we're down 300 yesterday? No deal yesterday, but deal today. It's it's all just nonsense. It's all utter nonsense. I'm sorry. You can tell I'm wound up here today, but come on,
0: like this these moves.
3: Just okay. Borderline so, ridiculous.
0: So based on handlines, Levi not even borderline. Strauss, so so Levi Strauss should be up today. They beat on the EPS thirty-one cents versus twenty-eight cents. They beat on the sales uh, by a hair at one point four four billion dollars, and they reaffirmed their annual guidance. Let's look at the chart of Levi and see what it's done. Oh, and it's down.
3: Well, let's look at the after hours chart of it last night and bring that up too, because this thing was all over the place after it reported last night as well. So Spencer's bringing that chart up for us there right now. Show us Actually, that
0: after hours. All action. right. Actually, it's up now, I guess, but it was, it was down when I looked last night.
3: Yeah. Well, and it was up for a bit. So, I mean, off the initial spike, and I'm trying to grab the levels there too. I don't have it in front of me. Joel's better with that. So, but, the,
0: the, the after hours low was 1857, and the high was 1989.
3: Yeah, so you have a tidy little 10% range here after hours, and it's here at 0.1%. That's again showing you you got to take advantage of these after hours moves. I mean, 1987, you had two highs right up there. Hindsight Capital's 2020, obviously, but you know it's it's in, it's interesting that it goes right up to the previous day's high, fails there, and then it comes down and gets actually near the low last night too. And now it's just settled doing nothing. So, you know, everybody who's got options on the thing, they're all probably, you know, basically worthless or whatever. I mean, from the move before, if you were, if you're paying or buying the straddle, you're not getting paid. But again, if you're buying these options, and buying calls, use that after hours action, sell some stock against those calls, because you know what, that's a good way to play it sometimes. But it, it's tough. The earnings are tough here right now. I'm just going to keep saying that it's been a tough market to predict what the next move is going to be even on earnings plays. So if we're looking at Levi here now, I don't. Oh, I mean it's in the middle it's nineteen dollars in the middle of nowhere. You definitely have resistance up near twenty. big whole psychological number, plus obviously, I have this couple highs there. I don't have my open book open. Um, I wonder j v. spec if there's any, if there's anybody perched at twenty. So I know J. v. spec's in the chat, so maybe you can quickly check that because I don't have my open book open yet to look, but it is a New York stock, so see if there's anything at 20 from an order flow perspective, but I don't know if I'm looking at this overall. This story. So these 50% work. Look at the move from July and look at the move down uh, through August. No, at that just line. just looking at that. 23.74 was the high. 16 was the low. We'll just do a round, and you know, say it's eight dollar fall. A four dollar pump would bring you right back to twenty, right where you're failing. So the fifty percent retracement here is looking like it wants to fail here. And a lot of times you see the bait down move, then a little bit of live, people get hope, and then they dash the hopes and comes back down. So it without the earnings and not considering any of that, if I was just trading from a technical basis, I'd say I'd be a seller up here in the nineteen handle because I think this thing is lower. I also think that Levi Strauss isn't changing the world. They make jeans that's been around for a hundred years. This isn't some huge growth, like you know, yes, it has a nice dividend, three point one four yes they make some money but at the same time i don't think this is going to be the storied stock that takes off to 30 dollars.
0: so sold to you my opinion levi Strauss. uh the day their ipo they were on cnbc and i i don't listen but it's on the tv here so i can just see what's on the screen there and the the graphic was uh something about technology like you know you, leveraging technology to make jeans and I was like give me a break Everybody, it's a
3: technology company Levi's Strauss, just <laughs> like Domino's plate. pizza it's a technology right. company
0: it's a tech play. give me is it
3: ridiculous some of these comparisons because it's people trying to justify ridiculous moves and ridiculous valuations yeah, yeah. so they, they'll find a way you know when Tesla was trading up a 380 well it's not a car company it's now you know uh, a play on everything else you know like so you know, it, it, it's just, you know, what the media does to justify moves. I, Levi the, Strauss the a jeans company. It. It's not do, a tech company.
0: The companies do it. I mean, they say tech company. Well, they hear
3: somebody else. They're like, oh, yeah, we'll take that headline. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. We'll yep. be a tech company.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to some guidance here. We got some guidance from FireEye yep. yesterday. They see their Q3 sales guidance at or above the high end of the prior range of 217 to 221 million dollars so at urban 221 i guess is what they're saying for their q3 sales guidance i mean that's good news
3: um the bad news is it's stalling out right around a significant level of 1450 also, the bad news is this stock has been in a downtrend for a long time. You know, yes, we squeeze people. And I'm assuming the short interest is quite high on this. I didn't go bring it up, but somebody wants to grab in the chat um, while I'm doing my talk. I, I would imagine it's probably somewhat
0: high. I'll find it.
3: <clears throat> you can go find in the background. But we're in a downtrend. I have made more money selling stocks that spike that are in downtrend. So I'm going to stick with that theme and say I'll be a seller. I know JP Morgan came out with a note today, and they said this move could continue higher here. They liked it. Um, I'm on the other side here. I think the stock's in a downtrend, been in a downtrend for a long time. It's been a dog for a long time. Think about how good CyberArk, you know, how it was before, you know, they started hitting all the mobile stuff there a couple months ago. But, you know, think about the moves, even Palo Alto Networks. And then you look at FireEye. This is the laggard of the group. This is a stock in the last, you know, five years, FireEye has went down. In the last five years, Palo Alto Networks, you know, and we're just looking at other cyber stocks, has went from 50 to 200. Cyber, CYBR, has went from 40, and it got up to over 140 before pulling back recently. So, I mean, you're buying the dog of the group. The dog of the group um, doesn't it, it bark every once in a while. Sure, it's barking here this morning, but I think it's still a dog, and I think Pops to be sold, and I think when we look at this six months from now, I think it's
0: lower. Uh, short interest of uh, about, about 10%.
3: So we were squeezing them a little bit here this morning. Let's see what it does a 14.50. Can it hold on? Can it get up? That's a big number for it. Yesterday, it spiked up there. And I don't know what that spike was all about. But was it yesterday? Yeah. Oh, it opened up there, it looks like. Um, anyways, the high yesterday, 14.48. So that's a significant number for it. Let's see what it does there. All right. It's up to- over there. Maybe it gets interesting. But if it opens like near 14 and a half and starts to fade right away,
0: uh, I wouldn't want to be in it. All right, we're going to be joined by Big Beat here in a second. Big Beat, before we before he, he hops in, let's get to some ratings here, Dennis. We have a number of interesting ratings. Big no, one, big none, one, big one. This morning. so then Macquarie mm-hmm. coming in this morning, dropping an outperform on us on Roku.
3: It wanted it wanted an upgrade, so Roku has wanted an upgrade for a while here. It's been sitting here, a nice little cup and handle. Wanting a reason to go higher. So we get the reason this morning. Um, I wish it was like Goldman or I wish it was like Morgan or I wish it was like, you know, even it, you know, somebody bigger than Macquarie. So yes, it's getting a good lift. I wish it was a bigger gun. That's all. Nothing against you, Macquarie. We, we love you. And, you know, we know you can move stocks as well, which you're moving here this morning too. But if this was coming from like a Goldman or a Morgan or a Merrill. It would be... Uh, I I think there'd be a better chance for follow through here. So I would say I do like it. I've liked it here for a while. I've, you know, I even said that, you know, when it was down at 101, I said I was liking it. I thought the bottom, the low for the move could be in, which it does appear like it is because it's 10 bucks off that or 14 bucks off that now at 98. I'm not sure I'm coming in and buying it at 112 here this morning. I want to see what it does. It needs to hold though. Got an upgrade. It could definitely, there's room to 120. It could run but I also think it could give it back too. So I think it's kind of a coin flip here. If it was Goldman upgrading it this morning, I'd say buy it. I think it's gonna keep moving. It's not Goldman. So I'd say guilty until proven innocent. I'd love to come in here and buy it this morning. I can't bring myself to do it.
0: All right. Um, I apologize if you hear random noise in the background. Uh, my internet is being really, okay, hopefully really- Hopefully you can hear me too still. Yeah, my internet is being very strange this morning uh so my trade what sta- is
3: going on you got
0: all kinds of notifications it, happening, it, it's too. my trade station going off and on off and on off and on so uh interesting yeah I, I hope my uh i hope my internet's working well enough for you to hear us uh but i i really wasn't listening to a word you were just saying just there because i was Rebellions.
3: trying to hopefully everybody else heard me so i was just saying i'm skeptical of the roku uh, move here this morning just because they endless upgrading it uh, it's not like gold, it's not the firm that's upgrading it isn't a heavy, you know, isn't a, a, you know, a gun. They're, they're, they're still influential, obviously, but I, I said I wish it was coming from Goldman. So anyways, I'm not buying it here up by 112. I might be interested in pullbacks here, but uh, what scares me a little bit too is Shopify's move yesterday. Shopify gave back. Roku held on nicely, but uh, these two stocks have kind of uh, – Shopify needs to bounce back in a hurry here this morning too because that was an ugly candle for Shopify yesterday.
0: All right. Uh, big Beat just said we're gonna have to reschedule, unfortunately. So big, we'll get Big Beat on on another day. So. Big Beat's busy. He's big too he, busy. He, he can't he, even
3: say hi. We're all pumped. Big Beat, say hi at least. All right, all right here. Yell we're, at him. All right, Big Beat. Big Beat, you, you gotta say hi because we're all pumped to see Big Beat. Can you say hi? And you t- we tweeted it out that you were gonna be on. Uh, uh, did we tweet it out that he was? Oh, did you? Tweet he it? tweeted it out. He was I all did. pumped. I retweeted it uh okay made me look like a liar big beat get on here <laughs> um, all right all right we'll see if we can get them on for a minute or two later on so a couple other stocks we went johnson johnson um, you can stick with the ratings for a second if you want because yeah, there yeah, were a yeah, few yeah. other ones yeah. here
2: too yeah so I mean, domino's cool. pizza
3: getting downgraded here today by argus i don't know what that means because i'm not making any more calls on domino's pizza after my call yesterday FedEx getting another downgrade it looks like it wants to go to zero I have this in the long-term portfolio man my long-term portfolio is getting slammed here again FedEx is trading up here but holy cow and what is this trade with a P of eight I guess it's gonna go keep going lower p's don't matter all right B- big beat hi right, before you have to go <laughs> big beat is here
2: good morning guys how are you this morning we gotta
3: see big beat what's <laughs> up
2: buddy Oh man, it's a quiet uh, Jewish holiday today, so the market seemed to be uh, ticking up. It seems like every second we turn around, uh, another algo is pushing a tweet coming out of Trump, or obviously uh, China trade deals every day. Something different,
3: huh? How do you trade this market when it is so random? Like, how do you call the next move? How do you predict? You know, as traders, we need to obviously make some predictions. And, you know, make calls. How do you make calls in this market when every move is just driven by the next headline?
2: 28 years ago, I bought a crystal ball at a renaissance fair and I keep (laughs) that thing on my desk. And (laughs) does it work still? (laughs) Hell no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, what's interesting is it seems that whenever something bad news comes out, we call it the, uh, the PPT, the Plunge Protection Team. Always seems to come out there's always a, something good to being, oh China's going to be okay and we're gonna have a trade deal next week and then we don't have a trade deal. Oh but don't worry about it. They're coming to meet us, oh, but they're cutting it short. It just seems that everything is contradictive right now, but you know I think you know, Trump said it in the art of the deal, I think he said you know make it the worst thing and then try to get to be the best thing out of it. So it's going to take some time. I do think China will have a trade deal, but um, you know we can't live on every single headline.
3: Well, the market seems to want to live on every single headline Welcome. there. So yeah, what stocks are on your radar? Let's move into individual stocks. And Big B, we know you watch a lot of stocks there. Uh, I do. What, what stocks are you watching here lately? And what are you, are you licking your chops on anything as we've had a recent
2: pullback? What are you looking Well, you know on? what's interesting yeah. is I've, I've been very tight, my eyes on the retail sales. They have not been good lately. Um, and I have been watching gaming stocks. Uh, there's a, a new thesis that I've got coming out that um, both Sony and Microsoft, SNE and MSFT, both said that they will have new gaming consoles. They're not gonna have them until next uh, holiday season of 2020. And so I think that a lot of these companies that are making games for um, these uh, boxes will probably be kind of put back a little bit. I'm talking about uh, Activision Blizzard, ATBI and uh, EA, EA Sports. So you know, if you've got all these games being held back, if this holiday season retail sales are down, I'm not looking at them. I'm looking for the pullback in either one of those stocks, and maybe looking to go long, maybe a little longer term, maybe into next uh, summer or next uh, winter.
3: What about Take Two? Because this one's on my radar. It yeah, was one that was down.
2: Definitely, uh, it was under 100 uh,
3: bucks. I wanted to buy it. I bought Activision Blizzard. I was like, I want to buy that Take Two too, because it kind of has been best of breed for a long time. I did not buy that one, and that's the one that really went, so I'm kicking myself. Now you've pulled back here, and you know how I like my 50%, I've been talking about that. We've had a move recently on take two from, let's say, and to say, you know, it depends where you grab the move, I guess, yeah. but I was gonna grab it just from the nice round $100 back where we were in May, and we ran up to 135. So if I take that at 17 points and knock it down, I start to get, you know, interested in this like, area where it actually got to a low of yesterday at 117. So, I mean, it's not going to be, you know, it's going to trade up to here today with the overall market here, but um, I like Take-Two on a pullback. You, you
2: like that one too? Absolutely. I also like anyone that's going to have mobile apps like Zynga, Z-N-G-A, any of those kind of stocks uh, that are looking forward and not backwards uh, using the same kind of games like Mario Brothers. We're kind of tired of that, right? We're looking for other things that are coming out. Um, I do think that they're going to refresh EA or refresh the Star Wars brand. So that's going to be pretty cool. But for uh, the most part, I'm looking for, for those uh, companies, like you said, I pull back a little bit, and I'm looking for next winter. Jump next over. Winter. All right.
0: No,
3: go, go ahead, Dennis. Go to a few other sectors here for us. So we you like the gaming stocks here. What other sectors are you looking at?
2: So I think I've said it quite well. Uh, anytime we go into the election cycle, it's infrastructure stocks. I think you're going to see a lot of companies Uh, Start to move because I think we need to build some roads. And anytime that the election comes up, you're going to see road building. And so I think those kind of companies like Martin Marietta MLM uh, will look pretty good coming into maybe next summer. Um, anything that has asphalt in that company's name pretty much will be uh, a, a winner in my books. I think.
3: What a move this MLM has had! I mean, we've went this one better stock. better performers of the year for sure for a big company. Started the year around 165 bucks and 265. So we're talking about stocks put 100 points on. There's still room to the upside. You think on this one?
2: I do. Um, you know, like I talked about this um, before about about six months ago at Benzinga and I said, look, these, these stocks are gonna do quite well, the infrastructure stocks, and they've done well. Um, while I don't think steel stocks are gonna do very well, it's gonna be those companies that make roads. So anything that's in the road business, I think it look, look pretty good. Um, I also think that uh, the railroads are gonna do quite well here. I think there's a big change here coming. Um, I think that uh, movement via trucks will start to slow down a wee, a wee bit but um, definitely looking into the whole sector of uh, railroads.
3: Any any rail in particular? I Ryan?
2: Um, you know, I think anything that's uh, probably more domestic for the United States—you can always look into those uh, those companies.
3: Because there's been a few that have been hit pretty hard. I mean, CSX has not been a great performer here as of late. So this is a stock. Well, it hasn't been a bad performer. Well, CSX it's kind of got been
2: hit by a few things. One of them has been their own people. You know, the, uh, they're. they're the money issue at csx in jacksonville florida is where they're allocated um they've had some issues with uh, personnel so i think those have been sorted out uh unions actually and uh, i think i think you probably just look to buy it down here somewhere um probably going forward probably three to six month time frame all
0: right uh big beat i know you gotta uh do some squawking so I. Uh... I, I want to let you run. If uh, you go do that, you, you feel free to hang out with us in the background. But I, I don't want to uh, hold you off from that. So
3: uh, that. there's people on the pro who depend people on your on squawk and
2: need the squawk. <laughs> well, thank you guys, and I'll tell you, it's been an actual pleasure. I, I love pre-market prep, and everybody should be watching you guys.
0: All right, thanks a lot, Big Beat. Bye uh, guys. Thanks, Big Beat.
2: Right.
0: Let's throw him on mute. There, we'll keep him on the background. Yeah, if he's got something what to say or
3: breaking news, Big Beat can always break in with news on our show there too. Um, we've got Kenny Polcari coming on in three minutes. I'll give you a quick and balanced look here every day. It's like Groundhog Day around here. Even on an update G has a sell imbalance. balance. We've got 132,000 shares to sell in General Electric. We have 65,000 shares to buy in at and Why this is interesting to me is that at and is ex-dividend today. And a lot of times you see at and show weakness. We did not see the traditional run-up. I guess we kind of did it. It was a couple days and maybe it was a difficult day for at and to be running up into uh, aside from today. So 38 um, has been resistance. So I normally fade uh, on this day. I mean, meaning normally I like to be a seller of AT&T on this day. I don't know yet if I'm playing it that way or not. I haven't decided. But at least this morning here, at and is showing a big buy imbalance. It's giving you an opportunity to potentially Sell the pop here as the stock is trading up uh, significantly. Well, the, the adjusted closed thirty six ninety seven, so it's trading up thirty cents in the pre market from the adjusted
0: close. So the streaming wars, I guess, I guess they start uh, the end of this month and, and and early next month. When's
3: Disney's product come out? Uh,
0: the twelfth, uh, November, oh, it's coming. It's coming. November, November. It's common. November twelfth. November. It's common. I I don't don't quote me on that. I think it's early November. Yeah, you know, live radio show. Right. They
3: quote us all the time off stuff well, we say on this.
0: Well, I was right. I so, see
3: Joel O'Connor writing these pre-market prep summaries, and I'm get quoted all the time. So I got to watch what you say because he puts her in print.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, November twelfth for Disney Plus. November first for Apple TV Plus. So streaming wars are heating up here as we head towards uh, November. Let's do one more rating um, that I want to get to, and that is, which one? It was a downgrade to iRobot. From Raymond James to underperform. I got to
3: stop putting these cheap stocks in my long term portfolio because cheap stocks get cheaper. And all the stocks that I've bought on dips that I thought, well, I wanted an iRobot and I kind of like the long term, you know, it's a reasonable valuation. You know what? They just get cheaper. So I don't know what the headline is that's driving it down here today. Obviously, there was a downgrade, downgrade if there was something else, but Raymond James downgraded it to underperform, which is equivalent to sell. So I bought this in my long-term portfolio recently at $61. Obviously, a, a mistake here once again. So my long-term portfolio, I've been making some mistakes in that. And like I've said, I've said this on the show, and you know, I try to analyze myself, and I feel like I'm a very good day trader. I mean, I've made all my net worth and all of my living from day trading. So I feel like I'm a very good day trader, profitable every year of my 20 years in day trading. Um, a swing trade, I don't do that much. I feel like I'm okay at it. I make some good swing calls when I do what I do. But my bread and butter has been day trading. But my long-term investing, I guess, you know, when you own like 90 stocks, you're just kind of going with the overall market and I kind of get disappointed. But when you look at the overall market here for the S&Ps and we've gone nowhere for two years, I guess it's hard for me to expect my long-term portfolio to go up in the last two years as well, because I'm just basically, when I got 100 stocks, I'm basically the market. So, you know, yes, I have some and selective perception. I always like to complain about the stock in my portfolio that's going down, but yeah, obviously I have some good ones in there as well. So I don't know, but it seems like lately, maybe it's like my own perception on my part, but the iRobots and the FedExes and the Virtue Financials really got me bummed about my long-term
0: portfolio. All right, it is 8.35. Let's bring on today's guest, Kenny Polcari, a great friend of the program. He's a CNBC uh, contributor, and he's in a new firm that I don't know if – is publicly available information. If I'm allowed to say it, I kind of said it on the top of the show. But uh, Kenny Cornick, He's on mute. There he is. No, he's here. Kenny, are you with us? Here. Oh, we're we Uh Very, very faint, though. Very, very faint. See if you can get closer to your mic. We're working through it. working through it. May have to take a break and fix Should we take it. a break? <laughs> No, not really. You know what, Kenny? All right, Dennis has a point. Let's take a break, and I will grab Kenny Palkari. We'll be right back with Kenny. All right, welcome back, everyone. Pre-Market Prep, Spencer Israel, Dennis Nick, joined now by Kenny Palkari, CNBC analyst and a senior market strategist at Slate Stone Wealth, Kenny Good morning. How has these past few
1: market been treating you? <laughs> well, you know what? It's been a very interesting time, right? We've had kind of a month of uh, market readjusting, certainly moving lower on uh, on all the concerns that we've talked about, whether they're trade concerns, whether they're recession concerns, whether they're uh, uh, you know global political concerns, whatever they are. The market has had kind of an interesting time. Uh, but I think it's I, I think it's actually an opportunity, right? I don't see a recession on the horizon. I don't see this panic, you know, that uh that, that the recession's knocking on our door and everyone's gotta go real defensive. I actually think these moves lower. Uh, certainly have provided an opportunity and will continue to provide an opportunity. And look what happens today. This morning you get some uh, news out of China that that maybe they're considering uh, a partial deal or some kind of a deal, even in the face of, you know, Trump's uh, moves on Monday afternoon uh, and even in the face of potential – uh, tariffs that are going up or due to go up on the 15th of this month and then again in December, uh, I think the market's fairly resilient. And uh, I think moves like this provide an opportunity for names that um, uh, that you've done your homework on that are solid names that are getting unnecessarily beaten up. I think opportunities like this uh, create exactly that, that silver lining for the long-term investor. Now, for the day trader, for the guy that's you know, whipping it around on a daily basis, certainly all the noise – uh, created by whether it's geopolitics or whether it's by uh, the you know, talk of recession here or weaker macro data certainly provides an opportunity for um, the day trader types to to jump in some of these more active names. Uh, and to whip around. I think it's, you know, it certainly solves both problems. But from a long-term investment perspective, uh, I would not be running out the door at all. I'd be using weakness uh, to add to names that, that that you like, that you that are solid, that you've done your homework on, uh, uh, and that will prove to be winners in the long term.
0: Yeah, but this is this is silly, though, right? I mean, these overnight moves from this is silly.
1: Uh, are, there, they're ridiculous. And what happens is, you know, and what you find, and, you know, we've had this conversation, listen, the market is what it is. It is a tech market. It is driven by algorithms. It's driven by smart logic uh, uh, algorithms that read headlines and react to words without really being able to interpret, you know, from a human perspective, you and I can have a conversation and I might word that you know may sound negative but yet you and I understand kind of there's a, there's another implicit meaning to it yet an algorithm can't can't identify that yet all they all they recognize is that the word is negative or it's positive and then they create flow based but it perceives to be a headline that is either negative or positive. So you got these moves that whip it around and they whip it around fast. You've seen how quickly the market can react. I mean, look, this morning, uh, you know, when I get up to 5.30, futures were up slightly. And then that news came out about, you know, about China willing or potentially willing to accept and boom, they shot right up 150 points, right? Um, And so you don't really know whether that's gonna be. I mean, is is the headline realistic? Is the headline written in such a way that it's trying to create that move? We don't really know. I mean, we've been down this road before so yeah it is a little bit ridiculous but it does create opportunities certainly for the day trader types that you know low that from a long term perspective i think long term uh, investors are frustrated with it and rightly so they should be um, but I also think they're getting to the point now where they're, where they're starting to ignore that noise, they're starting to ignore the, the, the ridiculousness of the moves based on a Twitter headline or, or a news headline or some comment that somebody makes, uh, I think the long-term investor is learning how to put that aside and just focus on the long-term plan.
0: Oh, I would hope so. But for those of us watching the, the day-to-day moves, the interday moves, sort of by those by these moves for now. So you said that you're you're still feeling good here long term. Uh,
1: what sectors yeah.
0: are you feeling the best about right now?
1: Listen, I tend to, in light of kind of all the conversation around uh, whether it's the election, whether it's the war and what's the market, or whether it's you know trade talk, whatever. I tend to favor. Uh, at this moment, more value names. Uh, maybe you might even call them deep value. I love energy. Energy is getting crushed. I hear you, but I think there's a lot of value in energy. And if you've got time, if you're a long-term investor and you've got some time, I think energy is going to make a nice move. I like financials because you're going to have to see financials continue to uh, continue to show strength if we're if we're going to move forward. And look, there's also technology is also going to play a, a role. And our value names. Is- in the technology space, and I think you have to kind of search them out, um, and you have to uh, do your homework. And look, even, even tech names that are, that, are, that are real stalwarts, things like Microsoft. Which I think are great names. Yeah, Microsoft is closer to trading closer to its highs than not, so you wouldn't necessarily consider it value yet within the tech space. I think Microsoft is a valuable name, Uh, and so I would tend to play it that way, right? I don't tend to be the day trader type that runs in and out just because it's not what my job uh, uh, a allows me to do, but it's also not what my job is. So I tend to be much more focused on the long term.
0: And. season here we're about a week or so out from the uh, the start of the q3 earnings season and they're projected to decline again for like the third quarter in a row decline on year-over-year basis what are your expectations here for what we're gonna see uh, so
1: what well, the expectation right now is for a decline in earnings right but we saw that even last quarter they spent off in the end, what it proved to be. And I think there is some resilience. I think what's going to happen, and we're going to start to know about it very early on uh, in earnings season, you're going to start to listen to what these CEOs and CFOs say about, forget, forget the quarter that just ended because that's over, that's really historical, right? They can talk about the quarter, but really what you want to pay attention to is what they're thinking about going forward, as you always would around earnings season. You're always interested in the forward guidance. And what's going to be interesting is the way that they talk about uh, how trade is, in their view, impacting. Look, you've seen a lot of uh, you've seen a lot of uh, 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 CEOs on on TV lately, whether it's CNBC or whatever you're watching, and they're all talking about how they feel the consumer is in a good place, right? The consumer is strong that this fourth quarter and that the holiday shopping season. Everyone's expecting blowout holiday shopping season numbers. That speaks directly to the U.S. consumer and how. And how the U.S. consumer feels about uh, their finances, feels about their job, feels about the future. Right? If they're willing to go out and have a blowout quarter in this holiday season, people are feeling good. And I think actually, and I think that's reflective of um, of a stronger economy. I don't think I don't think the economy is going anywhere, going anywhere uh, uh, negative, or 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 or, or going to you're going to have a major correction uh, anytime in the near future, partly because I think the economy is strong, partly also because the Fed, and yes, once again, they came out, you know, talking about how they will support, the ECB is supporting, you don't have the central banks running away. And so I think there's a natural floor under the market as a result. And so I actually feel good. I think, the, I don't think the quarter is going to be nearly as negative as they, as they suggest it's going to be. Um, we still might end up, flat or slightly negative for the quarter, but it's going to be better than what the current expectation is. And I think that's going to set us up for uh, a rally into the end of the year, You know, a rally that's going to take us probably to where we are in terms of the highs that we've already seen. So I'm suspecting somewhere between 3,000 and 3,050 is where we're gonna end the year, maybe around 3,000 and a quarter, right? 3.025 is kind of where I, is kind of where I suspect the year is gonna end. But I think it's gonna set itself up for a very interesting 2020. So
0: you mentioned the central banks there. You're expecting the Fed to keep on uh, it's, it's, its
1: lower rate hike
0: policy? Listen I, I
1: I'm in the camp, I'm in the camp that I don't want to see the Fed lower rates anymore. I think it's pushing on a string. Yet yet the market is also is almost demanding that they do. The administration is demanding that he does and the truth is My sense is I think they feel backed into a corner that if they don't continue doing that, then the market is, in fact, going to go into this meltdown mode. You're going to see the algos go into a frenzy. And then you're going to have to listen to everybody blaming the Fed for being out of touch. Quite honestly, I think rates are are historically low in this country. Right. We're once again back to rates that are going to be sub two percent in another in another week. Um, which are historically low. Do I think rates are going negative in this country? I don't think they are. I think there's too many people that are chasing, you know, rates, uh, foreign money that's coming in um, because we're still actually paying positive rates. But one way or the other, I think the Fed is going to continue, and he said it yesterday, they're going to continue to be supportive of the economy, uh, you know, a.k.a. the market uh by lowering rates i think it's actually i think at some point it's going to get to the point where it doesn't make any difference i mean look if you're if you're a ceo or if you're even someone you know a uh, 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 citizen in this country if you didn't want to borrow money at two percent and it goes to one really gonna, is that really going to cause you to run right out and borrow money at one or three quarters i don't think it is um listen if it were five percent and we went from five percent to four percent there's absolutely a difference there. But to go from 2% to one or three quarters percent on the Fed fund rate, is that really going to cause anyone to run right out and borrow money? It may cause some big companies to go out and finance 30-year debt and then buy more stock back, right? Because that's what they did. Uh, they didn't necessarily go out and create a ton of new jobs. They used all that money to buy stock back, which is part of, you know, kind of the pitching that's going on right now on the Democratic side in terms of the presidential election. And they're all trying to rein that in. So what would have
0: to happen, Kenny, for you to change your mind here? Mm,
1: uh, you know, I don't think I'm going to change my mind here because I don't think the Fed should be cut and unless we go completely off the edge like we did in 2007, and that is absolutely not happening. But I think at some point, the longer we drag this out, the longer you keep doing this, the worse it's going to be trying to get out of it and i think at some point you got to put your foot down you got to look we've given so much kool-aid to this market rates have been so low for so long it's been do you realize it's been a decade of of rates where they are at sub two percent really from for other than the last year when we went just just over two percent there's been a decade of rates at sub two percent and look where we are it has been negative rates across japan for 30 years, it's been negative rates in Europe now since the Great Financial Crisis, and those countries are no further along. So I don't see how negative rates helps anybody. I think there's got to be a return to normalization. And if that means the market's going to correct because they're all going to stamp their feet because they're not getting what they want, well, then so be it. But the market needs to correct and and, and come back to reality. And reality is not negative rates. And reality is not sub 2% rates for any length of time. And so in my opinion, I'm in the camp that the Fed should do absolutely nothing. You know, if they want to stay where they are, they should. But cutting rates, in my mind, does nothing for the the health of the economy. I mean, if if the economy is going to grow, it's going to grow at 2% rates right? What difference is it if it goes from 2% or 1.5%? Is that really going to make a difference in the economy? No, in my opinion. But um, so I don't think I'm going to change my mind at all on that. I think the Fed should stand pat. Right.
0: I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you before you uh, you, you went uh, for a recipe here. So what's on the menu for uh, at the ethical at <laughs> household
1: right so, now? So, well, listen, we're getting into the holiday season, right? Thanksgiving is coming up. So I'm starting with kind of holiday recipes right so thanksgiving recipes and today in my note i gave you uh, the stuffed baby pumpkins it's really in the presentation that you use the pumpkin but you're going to make a butternut squash risotto and then put it into the stuffed baby pumpkin Ooh. as you serve it on your thanksgiving oh, oh, oh. table everybody gets an individual pumpkin with the risotto stuffed right in there it's really delicious and it makes a great that presentation
0: incredible kenny fokari chef Uh, He's our resident chef. He's a CNBC analyst. He's also the senior market strategist at Slate's Done Wealth. Kenny, thanks, as always, for the time and uh, talk to you later in the year.
1: You're very welcome. Bye bye.
0: 850 here, Dennis. Uh, While I was talking with Kenny, what were you seeing out there? Anything of note?
3: Uh, futures starting to leak here a little bit we're not seeing it, it's very mixed here the market I'm, and what what I mean by that is from an imbalance standpoint I am seeing a few sectors that look like they could have potentially open weaker which isn't surprising TLT trade down slightly here so you're going to see some weakness potentially or at least not the gains in your REITs and your utilities they're going they obviously a lot of times move opposite to the overall market um, I am seeing strength in the oil stocks. We didn't talk oil here this morning, but it's trading up here once again. So a little lift here in the Chevrons and the Exxons and the Phillips. They're showing a little bit of strength here too. Uh, but really, you know, the story here today is again, it, it's the fade trade. And, you know, we've, we've come off five handles since we were talking about the fade trade here. Um, I just think this market is start, I, I can't, I, I just can't chase moves here. I've been punished too many times chasing moves, including yesterday, because we had a significant sell-off. I was like, oh, maybe we're going to get a little fall through and it's in your face. It's like the fade trade is the way this has been working here. And what I mean by that, when you're up three, 400 Dow points, it's been an opportunity to sell. When you're down three, 400 Dow points, it's been an opportunity to buy. Uh, I think the market is going to start, or going to continue to trade it that way, because these headlines, you know, that China deal, no deals have been going on for too long, and who knows when we're getting a deal? Really, nobody knows. I mean, you can speculate all you want. They speculate, and the algos speculate because they see a headline from Bloomberg, and they rip it up 150 points, like Kenny was saying here. But it's all just ridiculous moves, and I can't chase moves here. If you're chasing in this market, you've been wrong a lot of times.
0: I I always assumed we would get a deal before the election really heated up, or I guess after the primary season. Uh, But at this point, who can really say? You would have to assume – if the market were to really take a bath, then we would definitely get a great deal so- well,
3: I mean that's what it is too. The market's held up. We saw what happened when the market really starts to get hit and the Trump Twitter account lights up and say, hey, you know we're gonna get a potential deal. There's definitely more pressure on Trump to get a deal done when the market starts to show significant weakness. Yep. Have we shown significant weakness here? I mean we're three four percent off the all-time highs. It's not significant weakness. So you know if we were to fall and, and lose seven, eight, ten percent here, I think there's definitely a lot more pressure for Trump to do a deal.
0: Yep. All right. Back to ratings here. We talked about the Roku upgrade, the iRobot downgrade. Chipotle upgraded to neutral or hold this morning at Gordon Haskett. American Outdoor Brands AOBC upgraded to buy at Craig Hallam. What else did I see from ratings? FedEx, you mentioned, uh, I think, Dennis, they're down at Bernstein. Yeah, another downgrade. Downgrade to Marshall from Bernstein. And uh, that's pretty much it. From the ratings land there's not not a whole lot uh,
3: let's go over uh let's look at uh chipotle cmg the stock's been in a trading range here again the range is a eh? it seems like 800 is the buying point yesterday we kissed it 800.15 today we get an upgrade and now looking like it's 811.50. it's bit 8, 8 11 here in the pre-market so it does look like it's going to open up a little bit which is not surprising with the upgrade i'm actually surprised that it's not up a little bit more on that but it's a stock that maybe doesn't have as high a beta. Well, it kind of does, though. So I'm actually surprised not more with an upgrade. But it's been in range, 800 to 850. I mean, I guess you keep playing that range until it doesn't work anymore.
0: It's part of that trio, that, that Chipotle, Shake Shack, Wingstop trio. They're really expensive. And
3: Wingstop had a rating here, too, today. W-I-N-G getting a buy rating, not an upgrade, just an initiation from – who was it? Baird? Baird? Uh, go, go. I'm going from my memory.
0: It was loop. loop. Cap- it was loop capital. Loop capital. It, it yeah, loop capital, money.
3: giving a buy rating yeah. to Wingstop. No yeah. trades on it yet today. I would expect it probably opens up because of that. We can't give you an imbalance because uh, NASDAQ doesn't publish their imbalances on individual stocks, and this is NASDAQ listed. They don't publish those until 928, so their show's long gone by then when they actually show a projected opening price. It's funny how the exchanges do things all differently. You know, We see projected opening prices for New York stocks as early as 8 o'clock, And those change continuously where NASDAQ is 928. And what NASDAQ does is it actually locks out the majority of traders from trading or putting, you know, participating in that opening print after 928. So those opening projections for NASDAQ stocks are a lot more solid than the ones for New York, which lets you keep putting orders in. Like if you see a stock projected to open down five points with, you know, that doesn't have any news at 928, traders will come in and put buy orders in there because they're trying to buy the stock on the cheap. So it's basically an advertisement out. But NASDAQ locks out most of those traders. There is some poor traders that can get in there. But for the most part, your average Joe cannot participate after 928 in that opening print. So those, what it means is those NASDAQ projections when they come out at 928 are a lot more solid. All
0: right. We got about five minutes left in our show. Uh, let's take a couple tickers from the chat here yeah
3: ticker time
0: yeah i'm seeing uh someone's mentioning paypal let's look like at paypal i'm actually well, it's down
3: here this morning they had um some i don't know if it's guidance but they they had a charge announced there last night Do you see the headline i'm talking about
0: there spencer i well i would if my internet was working <laughs> well okay well i can go
3: grab it for you because my internet is working so i'm okay. going to the pro i'll grab the paypal headline from last night and they expect this is a 4:30. they expect report a pre-tax loss of 228 million on company strategic investments in the quarter and they see a 15 cent impact on the EPS for the quarter. So they basically said their EPS can be 15 cent lighter because of this charge. And that's why the stock is trading a little bit weaker here this morning. It was down the lower 98. So obviously the market is helping it here a little bit this morning, but that's why PL, YPL is weak. We're just looking at charts. Stock has not performed well as of late. It's been leaking here. I mean, maybe it's like, you know, the strong have you know, the leaders became laggards. The laggards became leaders. Maybe that's still going on a bit. But PayPal looks like, you know, the be- better times are behind it at least short term. I mean, you can argue about the fifty percent retracement. So if we took the move from let's just say twenty nineteen, started the year around eighty dollars, moved to one twenty. So, you know, that's a six thirty point move. A pullback here, it gives you in the ninety five area. That's where that fifty percent retracement would be. So, you know, that's where it could go. Um I'm not saying it's gonna go there today. Obviously it's a little bit weaker here today, but uh, I have trouble buying the stock because the trend is just, you know, that Purple crown Jeff Mackey trend is is recent one in the last three months is down. So, I have trouble coming in here and buying it.
0: Yeah, and but this is one of those ones, yeah, from a trade, sure. But it's also one of those stocks that, you know, if you believe in the story, throw it in your pocket. Yeah, you're getting
3: a pullback here. If you believe in the story, sure. You know, I believe in some of these stories here and some of these other stocks this is not working as well. So, I mean, yeah, you know, sometimes we'll- you take heat on these. And I will say some of my best long-term investments I've taken heat on off the hop and they've turned out to be okay. So, you know, long-term investing is it's a tricky animal sometimes.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's take a look at uh pH here from the YouTube chat. Parker Hanifan? Yeah.
3: I haven't looked at that one in a long time. Let's go look pH. Ooh, it's gone just nowhere. No wonder I haven't looked at it in a long time. It doesn't go anywhere. I mean, I'm going back to a three-year chart on this thing now. And there's really no trend at all. This thing is just range bound too. Gets down to the 157, 158, seems to find buyers. Gets up over 180, seems to find sellers. That's from the last two years. So I guess that, you know, you keep playing it that way until it doesn't work anymore. But this is more like a channeling play. Get down to that 156, 157, maybe it finds buyers again. I think at 166, you're kind of in the middle though. Makes it difficult to make a call.
0: Looks like the range is getting a little bit tighter though, which, which you want to see. So yeah, I guess, i think
3: you play the range until it doesn't work anymore on that one
0: uh let's do one what else one got more. one more let's do a uh, general
3: uh you broke up what was the symbol EG, dg dg oh, Are you still broke up DG. dollar dollar general. Oh, dollar general yeah wow these dollar stores eh
0: uh, they're amazing
3: they're amazing i mean they keep coming dollar tree too i gotta go look at dollar tree i mean they're both you know Dollar General has been an outperformer for sure over Dollar Tree. I don't know why it's become the better one of the two. But I just remember this, you know, I remember some significant pullbacks here. And I'm thinking back to 2016 when the stock lost 20 points in one day. What a buying opportunity that was. It would have taken you about a year of just chopping around before it eventually started to go and break out again. But you quietly got a double there if you were buying that pullback because it's up at 160 here now. I mean, it's holding up. It looks like it's consolidating to go higher, but I would say breakouts have been tough in this market. 162 is very resistive. We've had a lot of, you know, we've been up there a couple of times in the higher 160s and 1 to 61s and hasn't gone, but it's holding up well. It starts to break out, gets over 162, 163. Maybe it could go again. It starts to lose 155. That's where I'd get concerned. So if I am long and I probably stick with it. it starts to cut out down through 155. I'd probably get out.
0: All right, uh, that'll be it for our show. Before I go, I want to once again tell you about the Weeble We Trader competition, Paper Trade, and Tesla. That's the summary of that, or forty thousand dollars towards your student loan payments. Download the Weeble app to learn more. Also. A portion of those proceeds will go to the Shriners Hospital for Children. So paper trade, show us how good you are, win a Tesla, and also donate to charity at the same time. Webull.com, Webull app for that. Thank you to our guest today, Kenny Polkari. Thanks to all of you in our chat. Please remember all the information from our show meant to be used as informational purposes only, not for investing or trading advice. Catch our podcast on wherever you get your podcasts we're on YouTube and email us if you have any questions at premarketadfinsing.com Joel will be back with us tomorrow in the meantime everyone have a great day and good luck out there
1: everybody in your
0: crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or Mc Sandwich but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day, that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah, you get it